Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Barbecue Stories Behind the Rub with Barbecue Rub Club. I'm your host and founder of Barbecue Rub Club, Brian Villanueva. And today we'll be taking you behind the scenes with Casey McClarity from Grilling Gods and learn everything we can about how he got started and the challenges along the way. And jump right into it if you could just kind of walk us through like the backstory of Grilling Gods and how you guys got started or, or what was the inspiration behind it and, and let us know yeah. a little bit about that. It was a really um, sort of a long time ago. My stepfather, uh, he's always been a serial entrepreneur and he was a construction guy kind of like a Bob Vila used to do. He wrote books and was on TV shows um, and he came up with a product called Spud Spikes kind of simple i mean you take a nail put in a potato draws the heat to the center and it cooks it faster so Hmm. the idea had been around forever but he came across these um, stainless steel spikes and basically so he kind of created the world's first food safe stainless steel um, food spike for cooking um, for the obviously for the potatoes but we also used them on bratwurst it was kind of cool kept the bratwurst curling up when you cooked them and they cooked really nice Yeah. But to do this, he created a line of seasonings to obviously go with it. So he created a line that he made specifically for baked potatoes. Obviously, it's a spice, so it can be used on a bunch of different things. Uh, But that was kind of my first introduction to the spice game. And um, I helped him with all his trade shows. And so since a young age, I've been in either trade shows or selling or something to do in, in that area. So then as I got older... Um, obviously, I started to make my own stuff. I uh, found another local company that sold spices, and I worked with them for a while. I was kind of a consultant, and then I would kind of purchase and resell their products as well at local shows. And finally, one day, I was sitting there going, well, I've helped my stepdad build his business up. I've helped this you know, gentleman make his business better. So why don't I figure out how to do this for myself? So I kind of seems logical. At the time, yeah, at the time I had a um, basically kind of a company where I was buying bulk spices, you know, oregano, Italian seasoning, that kind of stuff, and I was selling it to restaurants. Um, So we were just we were importing it in, bringing it in from California. You know, we had a little warehouse, and we you know got a bunch of restaurants on board and sold them spices. So I was sitting there, and I had this warehouse of all these different spices so I was like I got the perfect opportunity to mix something up no doubt. so I, I, I just I grabbed a couple and mixed some up and to be honest with you I pretty much for the well, two two out of the three blends that I personally made were easy I mean first shot nailed them you know I just you know I didn't go too crazy I tried to keep it simple yeah. um, but they were really good the other one I put a little more time into uh, my sweet backyard barbecue rub and then Cassie, my fiance and business partner, she made her own rub as well too. Um, that's our Southern Heat one, and we just don't. It's not one of our top ones we sell right now. It's more of a special edition rub we do. Uh, but that'll sounds, be coming uh, out hopefully sounds, soon in stores. Sounds good. Yeah, that one yeah, sounds good. I love I love Heat, man. So I still need to try the the sweet barbecue one too. I haven't tried that yeah. one yet. Well, sweet barbecue is my personal favorite, just because I, I, you know, I did put a lot of effort into it and I, I wanted to really be different you know a lot of guys use brown sugar for their sweet rubs it's pretty yeah, much a staple in barbecue uh-huh. and so, so I was like how can I make this a little different so I had a really nice cinnamon sugar blend that I used to oh, get nice. and sell to restaurants so I was like well let me try it with cinnamon sugar and I think personally I believe it made a better crust uh-huh. uh, I think it crusts nicer on the meat I like the sweet flavor of it I love cinnamon cinnamon technically is healthier for you as well from sure. you know, from the sh- people watching the sugar side, it still has sugar in it because I use a blend, um, but just it's a little less sugar for people watching their sugar. So it was kind of a win-win. Um, but you know, to be honest, our obviously our our big hit right off the bat was my steak and bake rub. Sure. It was just you know really you know it was simple to the point. It kind of resembled a Montreal style, but didn't really have any heat to it. So people that you know didn't want spicy on their steaks or burgers, it just kind of worked nice. And then, of course, our Salt of the Gods, our newest one, has kind of been taken off like crazy, too. But it's definitely yeah, a that was, lover's delight. That one's a good one, man, and, and that's what we sent out in our in our box. And I've had a lot of great feedback on it. And uh, what about what about 
that one, can you tell us that like makes that one special because it, it is good, man. To me, to me, that really differentiates. I'm a, I'm a big fan of keep it simple, stupid, with anything right. I do, and I really wanted to you know simplify all the rubs I make, um, even my barbecue, which I'm huge proponent put a lot of time into it's only a five spice ingredients you know five ingredients nice. in it yeah. so it's nothing crazy but same thing with salt of the gods when i wanted to come up with it i wanted simple so i wanted your traditional garlic onion you know kind of salt vibe i just like how can i switch it up a little bit and one of the biggest things to me is it's the hickory smoked salt i use the oh, nice it adds a distinct smell to it they just sometimes you know it'll mix with the smell of the onion powder and it'll smell a little different than the flavor might come across but if you get that right just kind of flavor hint smell with it and it just comes across amazing and then of course flavor wise it's it's phenomenal i mean it's it's based on a garlic seasoning salt kind of flavoring but it ends up being more i mean to be honest my inspiration for it not the name job but most people know of johnny's at least up here where in my part of the country and Johnny's is a huge all-purpose seasoning. I mean, people, my whole childhood, we just put it on everything. It didn't matter, burger, right. steaks, chicken, whatever uh-huh. you had, you put on it. So I was like, how can I make a Johnny's that doesn't have any sugar, that doesn't have any MSG, that just tastes really good? You know, I right. had, to, to Johnny's credit, they ended up, they made a version that had no MSG, but to be honest, I didn't I actually like the MSG version better. <laughs> Oh, right. So it, it, almost, it, it almost had a better, yeah. it almost had a better flavor, but MSG just didn't settle right with me. I just, you know, it just kind of gives you a gut ache. I wasn't, a, it tastes good. I just didn't like it. Right. So I was like, yeah. how can I make something that's an all-purpose like John? He's got that great garlic kick, but it's still I could sell it at a farmer's market, you know, with a clean conscience, knowing that there's no crap in it. Sure. And that's kind of how Salt of the Gods got created, and you know, it's it's amazing. I mean, the, I know the name's catchy too, but. On the store shelf, it's really been doing really well lately. That, that's awesome, man! Congratulations on that. That's that's pretty cool. What's sure. uh, what's uh, some of the things that that you've heard it being put on? I mean, we've we've so far we've tried it on like asparagus and vegetables and things like that. But um, what else? And that someone told me they put it on a tri-tip down here in California. Uh, another person told me they they tried it on a on a brisket and it came out great. And I was I was surprised by that, but um. Cause I would I wouldn't think to put it on a brisket, but is there any anything else you've heard that kind of like well well that's interesting. Well, I mean I, I agree with you too. The brisket, I mean anything works on it. I I learned a long time ago that I never question what anyone does on their own food and their own meat. I mean there's <laughs> no doubt, there's, right? there's, combina- there's combinations I've heard of that make no sense to me whatsoever. But bris- brisket's not. I mean granted a lot of guys use salt and pepper. That rub certainly does have some salt and pepper in it. So I don't think it would make a brisket bad by any means. You know I, sure. I lean towards my steak and bake for brisket. Really nice coarse salt, coarse pepper, a little bit of mustard seed to add that difference. But and of course your onion and garlic in there. But you know, I, I love salt because I could see it working. But to your original question about kind of what's the craziest thing, uh, it's hard. It's, there's, I, I think, grilled cheese sandwiches that have to be the only, and which oh, wow. sounds delicious to me, so I don't call I guess I wouldn't call it crazy, but yeah. I had a guy who, he basically took the grilled cheese sandwich and, you know what, you put butter on the bread and then you toast sure. it. Well, they basically mix it in with the butter and use, like, a salt of the gods butter as the crust on the bread. Nice. And being that it's got a good garlic, con- you know, garlic salt content to it, they would probably taste good. It would taste like garlic bread. I mean, yeah. personally, yeah, I have I have used it on garlic bread, so I, I, while I wouldn't call it crazy, it, it's definitely different and sounds amazing. I might have to try it one of these days. Sure. It does sound good. I'm just thinking about it. I haven't had a grilled cheese sandwich in a while, but... Um, thinking about putting salt with gods on it makes me makes me want to try it. Yeah. So yeah, that's nice, nice little garlic crust to it. Yeah, that's awesome. So um, the this the sweet barbecue talking about that one with the cinnamon. I had never had another uh, rub that had cinnamon in it, and I tried one uh, not too long ago, and I was blown away by it. It is really good. So uh, I definitely want to. I want to get my hand, I'm gonna get my hands on some of that sweet barbecue and try that. It was great on pork. I made some pork ribs, and uh, so I have to try that with them. And with that's the honestly ribs. what I completely designed my for. I'm the, you know, like a little bit of the backstory on that. I know I kind of cut off my backstory a little, but oh, it's all good. The, 
the, the gist of it was once I, you know, we got everything out there, and my first reason I made the rub, honestly, was a chef friend of mine that works at a beautiful ranch out here called the Gauzer Ranch. That's, I mean, really, it was on a golf course, beautiful. Like, I mean, it's like going on a little mini vacation out in the woods, and it's really nice out there. But nice. they wanted to make something for their ribs, and the rub they used to buy was another local guy, and he made, like most people, it's sweet and spicy. Almost right. every time you get sweet, it's like a, you know, a, a sweet habanero or, you know, something where it's sweet with that extra heat. And the problem was, for most people, you know, for the, the majority, the market you're trying to right. get, a lot right. of people don't like hot or very hot. So he just said, hey, I'll give you a chance. Make me up something that's a sweet rub. It would work on ribs, but it can't be hot. And the biggest trouble I had was, you know, you have to have some sort of either guys use paprika, guys use chili powder. You have to have something right. with a barbecue rub. Right. So, you know, I still, I use I use Wahio chilies. I've had a lot of luck with Wahio. It doesn't come across hot. I mean, it's crazy. You would think uh. with some Wahio chili, every time I say that, people think it would be spicy. But it comes across right. with the best way I could explain the flavor. It's sweet and salty. And not when I say salty, not like all too salty. That's just the right. flavor profile. You get the, you'll get that cinnamon sugar on your tongue. You'll get a little bit of that salty savory. And, I mean, it's just absolutely amazing on pork. And then back to your question about kind of weird things we put stuff on, I use it on corn on the cob. So I put oh, a little nice. butter, sweet backyard barbecue, corn on the cob. I call it my poor man's Mexican street corn. And <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> what my mind went to when you said that. But. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, they they go a little more elaborate with the mayonnaise and all that. I don't yep. go that far. Yeah. But I, I, I sprinkle a little bit of the sweet barbecue on it with some butter and that with some ribs, pork chops, just absolutely amazing combination, in my opinion. Yeah. Man, it sounds amazing. Um, so that was... We shouldn't have done this so, interview around lunchtime, by the way. I, I know. Well, I actually, I did eat before we started talking, so... <laughs> but well, I'm still, better now, now I'm getting hungry. Now I'm getting hungry again, so... But, um... So, I, so that was what you... That was what got you to do the barbecue rubs. Was there was there anything else other than a friend saying, "Hey, design me a rub," or was there were you an barbecue before then? That. Or no, to be honest, with you, I wasn't. I, it's funny. I call myself my, the name of my company is Grilling Gods, and most you know diehard barbecue people know that there's a big difference between the term barbecue and grilling. Absolutely. You know, to most people, they don't know there's a difference in that, but. You know, I didn't. It does sound catchier with gods and obviously barbecue gods, but I did it on purpose. I was more of a griller. I liked right. high heat, open flame. You know, sure. if I could have it my way, I would love to have a full open flame fire pit in my backyard. So, I mean, I grew up more of that quick propane, charcoal. I love Weber grills to death. You know, right. if if I, if I have the time, I love to sit down with charcoal. That's not to say I haven't done, you know, four or five hour rib cooks and that kind of stuff. I actually have a store up here in North Idaho where we sell Green Mountain Grills. I love Green Mountain Grills. I love pellet grills. But my background is definitely more of a grilling, high heat, throw some steaks, burgers, that kind of vibe with it. So really background-wise, definitely more that than a traditional barbecue background. And then to really kickstart the idea, obviously – my buddy who was the chef, you know, gave me the shot and then mixed with, like I said earlier, that I'd worked with these other places, these other companies, I'd seen them do it, I'd learned some things, I'd helped them with some ideas, and I'm like, hey, I think I got enough, you know, chops, I've done this long enough. So I threw myself out in the fire and got burned a few times, and that kind of made it work since. Absolutely. No, that's that's awesome. I mean, but, and, and yeah, there's a huge difference between grilling and, and low and slow barbecue but i think you know i think a majority of people probably start out grilling you know that's definitely definitely how i, I got my start you know i didn't know anything about low and slow barbecue until i moved to texas and uh invited some texans over and i had a grill and kind of the looks and stares that i got when i had told people they were coming for a barbecue kind of learned real quick that <laughs> That didn't mean uh, that didn't mean busting out your propane grill. So uh, you know, maybe unless you're from Texas or Kansas City, that most people I think start on a grill. So yeah, 
Yeah, and really, no, a I, lot agree, of I agree completely. It's kind of, it's, it's, and it's kind of what you know. If you if you think about to the kind of roots of barbecue, when Weber first came out, you know, after the you know World War II, when guys were coming home, you know, and it was just that everybody you know got their nice house in the suburbs, you know, they wanted to go out and grill. You know, charcoal grilling was huge. A lot of people's background is their dad out back with the charcoal grill, cooking up some burgers and hot dogs. So absolutely. And with the setups that they have nowadays where you can, uh, you know, put it off to the side and do some indirect heat and throw some wood chips in there and different things like that, I mean, we're just as close to smoking as uh, low and slow as anything else, so. Well, not to mention every guy I know that's got a, you know, nice, super nice Yoder or even one of these Green Mountain Grills, one of their big ones, they still have a nice Weber sitting next to it. Or yeah. you know a little no. propane grill that they like like they like to they steer off. So you know I think it's like anything. It's like in cars, guys too. Chevy, Ford. You know there's I, I I've met a lot of people who are just diehard barbecue. Maybe not as much grilling one or the other, but the real barbecue guys they use anything at their disposal to make good food. Is how I see it. That's it. And all you need is really a source of heat, and um, as long as you can get that, and that's that's really all you need. So hey, um, I got an amazing rib recipe that I make in the oven <laughs> and my buddy's really give me crap over it but I'm, I make I make an amazing rib I just I put them on a what you, like a cookie sheet basically what I call it but just a raised rack and then uh-huh. I put it up on the raised rack over a pan underneath to catch the drippings I put a piece of foil over the top to tin it and I cook it straight in the oven and they, they come out delicious so I mean That's I always joke I say these, these big pellet grills are just they're big outside ovens Right. So you just add in the you're adding that smoke flavor is why you need them because you want that smoke flavor. But sure, you know I I always I get a lot of people in my barbecue store that get a little discouraged thinking you know they got to go spend seven eight hundred dollars to make decent food and it's just like anything having the top of the line definitely makes your life easier and you can make more right. stuff but that doesn't mean you can't figure it out without it. That's so, it. That doesn't. I like mean you can. Yeah, I agree. But um, yeah. But, like to hear more about that that oven recipe grill uh, ribs. My I got a buddy of mine that tells me he makes one hour ribs. I'm like, man, I, I don't know, man. I have to try them. I have never tried them, but what well, one hour might be pushing it. I, mine comes out at about um, three hours. Sometimes depending on the oven, because my buddy's got you know everybody's oven cooks a different temp. So I never sure. like to tell people it's for sure three hours because it depends on your oven. But my oven at home, it's about three hours at 275. So if for anyone listening wants the recipe, it's pretty simple. I just basically take a spare rib. Obviously, you peel the membrane off the back. I put a sweet backyard barbecue rub on it. I'm not one of those crazy let it sit. Obviously, I, I run a few businesses. I don't have a lot of time. But I'll at least right. let my, marinade, my, my rub sit on it for three hours in the fridge or something. But you can leave it overnight. And then I preheat the oven to 275, and like I said, I take a flat cookie sheet, I put the rack on top of it, you know, those ones are like three inches off the ground, gotcha. and then I set, set, I set the whole rib on there, meat side up, just put a piece of foil over it, and you know, not to like fully cover the, like I don't close the edges off, I just put enough over it to kind of tent it, put it straight in the oven, 275, three hours, pull it out when the... I'd say about, I like about half an inch to three-quarter of inch of peel back, you know, from the, the meat slipping right. back on the sure. end of the bone. Sure. And, you know, that's that's how I make them when I'm in a hurry or, you know, going somewhere quick. And I think they come out great. You know, that's hour awesome sounds thing. a little quick to me, but I don't judge anything until I take it. <laughs> yeah, no doubt, right? And that's all that matters. The, the biggest thing, one thing that matters the most is that when you eat it and the people that you're feeding it to like it. That's all that really matters, and as long as you get some compliments there, and you got some honest feedback, <laughs> uh, that's all that really matters. That's what I tell people all the time. You know. Well, and I and I like that style too, just because as you as you probably heard, I didn't say anything about barbecue sauce, and you know it depends what part of the country you're in. But I obviously sure. like more of a dry. I like a dry rub, but I'm also on a rub company, so I don't know if that's if that's a on purpose or not. But the reason I do it that way is so then I'll. I'll cut them up in the individual pieces. We'll serve them, and then we'll actually have three, four, five different barbecue sauces that you can then dip them into. And I've always liked right. it that way. But I mean, I have a friend that'll slather the whole rib and have a messy rib, which tastes great too. But I've always liked that dry, 
cooked. I don't, it sounds funny, I don't really like fall off the bone. I actually like just a little bit of, you know, flex or bounce or whatever they like to call it. You know, I like a little bit of toughness to it, and then I like to just dip it in the barbecue sauce, and I can kind of have a spicy barbecue sauce, a mild, sure. and I can kind of eat it that way is how I've always liked it. Absolutely. So have you ever toyed around with making uh, a sauce then? Um, not, not really. I, and it's funny, it's probably my number one most asked thing because most people yeah. that make rubs either started at sauce or go to sauce. Sure. And my personal feelings on it, it half the time it's done for the sake of money more than it is the sake of doing something you enjoy. You know, that right. they look at it as, you know, I got, a, I got a barbecue rub that's selling really well. Why don't I add a barbecue sauce to the lineup? you know, and go down that route, but it's not really my passion. I'm, I like barbecue sauce, but it's not my favorite. I don't use a lot of sauces in my cooking. I've always done more, you know, just dry seasoning when I cook. So sure. I feel like I'd be making it just for the sake of making it, where it's not yeah. really my passion, I guess. And I'm, my, and a little bit about me, I'm just, I'm, I'm a passion guy. I just do what, what comes to me in the moment, what I enjoy doing. And I just don't want to be fake about stuff. And I felt like if I, you know, why I think I could make a decent one, I feel like it'd be fake. And I'd be doing it just for the sake of having a barbecue rub in my life. Yeah. That's a little, that's a little unfortunate, man, because with your approach to how you make your rubs and everything, it seems like you could bring a little extra flair or something different to a, a sauce as well that would just really be good and complement the rubs. But I completely understand uh, I appreciate that. About it. Yeah, yeah. I'd be interested and, and, to see what you your would point do. Too? Well, to your point, honestly, and I have, and you know, people have asked me, and what I would love more, I would love to find a really passionate barbecue sauce guy that makes great barbecue sauces, and then we team up and we get a mixture yeah. of this guy's barbecue sauce mixed with my rub, and then that no that sounds more exciting to me. That's something I'd be excited about. Yeah. All right. Well, if I come across someone, I'll let you know because. Yeah. Um, I get, I get, uh, it's, it's crazy. It's been a really good response to the Barbecue Rub Club. And, I mean, that's the whole reason why I started bar- the Rub Club is because I'm passionate about barbecue and, and trying different things and, and getting uh, and experiencing new rubs and, and just sharing barbecue with people. Uh, so, uh, and I didn't want to sell my own because it just, uh, Mine, the one that I make is, is not, I think I got out of a cookbook not too long ago, but, uh, or 10 years ago, I didn't, I didn't, it wasn't my complete brainchild, so I never want to take credit for, like, selling it as my own, own stuff, so, um, but yeah, just trying different rubs and, and sharing, and, and most people that are making rubs are really passionate about their rubs, and it's just, it's just been a really fun, uh, journey to just talk with guys like you and share the rubs and, and talk with people and, and start this kind of rub club. And when I looked out there, there wasn't a whole lot of like subscription boxes out there for barbecue. Uh, there's another one, but um, uh, there was no one that was really just focusing on rubs, and that's what I wanted to do and just share that with with people so that they can try different rubs. And there's some amazing stuff out there that you just can't get in stores, you know, and. Uh, that's really why. Well, well, and don't always believe just because it's on a store shelf that it's good. You know, right. and that's that's, the, that's the hard part. And that's why I, you know I agree with you. I I know a lot of guys that are, make some great stuff and die hard, and it, it doesn't see anything but their own backyard. You know, right. so it it doesn't always. You know, the hard part with rubs, it's a there's tons of people that make them. So yep. I have to be half and half. I have to have my passion, but I also have to be good at marketing. I have to be able to sell. I could have the best taste rub in the world, but if it does, if that label doesn't look right, it doesn't pop out to you on the shelf. So it is hard. And I get, cause I get guys that are like, I can make a good rub, but I don't want nothing to do with selling my rubs. And I don't blame you. It's, it's not, it's not an easy industry to be in. You know, you're, no, you're a dime not. a dozen, unfortunately, cause there's, sure. there's a lot of stuff on the shelf. You're competing for shelf space and, you have to be just as much of a marketer as, as a as a cook, and for a lot of barbecue guys, that's just not their thing. You know, I've always right. been in sales or done that kind of. So it was natural for me, but I get it. A lot of guys are, you know, they just make good food. They, you know, if someone sure. else maybe took it, sold it for them, maybe. But I, I get it. It's. I love to always tell people follow your dreams. Just you know, do what you want to do. But I also understand that. You know, just because you make something good, don't mean it makes it easy to sell. As sad as that sounds, no, but 
<laughs> That's not, true. Not always. A, yeah. Yeah. The top self, the top top selling stuff that you see on the shelf, usually isn't doesn't mean it's the best tasting. That's right. They just have. <laughs> a, maybe I don't, I don't know how they got there, but um. Yeah, that's the same thing with food too, though. You know, because I get people telling me to to start a restaurant all the time, and I'm just like, that's just not. That's not for me. Like a restaurant's just not for me. It's it's uh. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's a, that you can. That's a rough bit. I used to, like I said, I used yeah. to sell spices to those guys, and you gotta you gotta be a tough one to yeah. run the restaurant business. Those things yeah. pop up and leave a lot, and you gotta have thick skin in the restaurant business. That's it, right? And. uh yeah, so I'd rather stick to uh, just making my own barbecue and and, uh, and sharing some great rubs that are out there and getting them out to to people uh, as much as we can. So that's the that's the beauty of it. Well, um, helping people like we appreciate it. We appreciate yeah. you, you know, taking our rubs and sharing them with your people. So then it gets our rubs in more places and it helps us. And that's it, right? And gets the exposure to to more and more people. Um, it's been it's been great. I've been able to build a little bit of a following on Instagram. It's still growing and growing, and Facebook is really taking off. And and uh, you know just through word of mouth and everybody really, you know, like I said, there's so much positive feedback, and I know people are sharing it with other people. And uh, I sent some uh, out in the last box, and and uh, just 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 going out this week, and people are asking me, hey, I got this road. Does this person have an Instagram account? Yeah, they do. Here's their account, you know. So it does. It helps get the exposure. And that's really what I want to do is get as much exposure to all what I like to call, I guess they're small batch rubs, but um, I like to call them kind of craft rubs and think of them as as similar to the craft beer industry, you know, where there's tons of great craft beer creators out there and just marketing it and getting the distribution and getting that stuff out is just difficult, you know. And, uh, I've been learning a lot along the way as well in, in helping people and trying to share what I learn with people as well. So, uh, well, We, we awesome. appreciate it. Thank you. And I think, I think you guys too because uh, you guys make it possible, so that's awesome. And uh, I'm definitely going to have to try that, that, that sweet barbecue. I, that, uh, it's really got me yeah, on track. I, I, I think next on the list for your subscribers, either be the steak and bake or get that barbecue out there. Yeah, I definitely want to get those. And maybe we do a, a, a double feature and, and get both of them. Um, yeah, those two do pair well together. That steak That'd and bake great. on burgers and obviously steaks. And I think we get a lot of good feedback on that. And then, of course, you got to have your pork rope. And then, That's of course, it. they all got to do my, my poor man's Mexican street corn, too. With love to them, so. <laughs> we'll have to get that, man. I'm, I'm going to post the – do you have that, like, a recipe on, on your on your site for that? or? Uh, for the for the corn, no, just because, yeah. I mean, it's one of those. It's a pretty no-brainer one, you know. I just – I don't do nothing too fancy. Just cook that corn up and put the butter on and then sprinkle it on so it sticks. But sure. we do got that, that, uh, that um, rib – uh, recipe I was telling you about. I do have that up on the grillinggods.com right. site. Perfect. So. We'll get that. I'll share that with people as well too. So we'll get that on the next one, next go around. We'll get that out there and and all that. So I'll put it in the show notes too. Maybe we could put a link out there and put it to the show notes. So that'll be that'll be awesome. Um, Appreciate it. No worries, man. Uh, have you ever heard of? Does has anyone ever competed like with the with any of your seasonings or rubs out there on the barbecue circuit? Uh, not like, not really on the circuit yet. I mean, like I said, we're only, God, what are we? We're less than a year still into it. Oh, wow. So we're still pretty new. Um, but, I mean, we've, I've, I've given them as, you know, kind of, what do you call it? Like almost like Instagram influencers. Um, sure. Sent them out to them, had some good feedback there. Obviously, we've now sold in almost all 50 states. Um, through nice. our website, so we've got out there and done that, but um, not quite big enough yet to get to the you know some of the you know the logistics behind sponsoring some of these big barbecue guys isn't quite in our wheelhouse yet because we're still a little kind sure. of mom and pop shop. Um, but yeah, Absolutely. so no, you know, no no circuit wise like that. And but it would be nice, you know, to mm. have that. But my kind of thought process on it, and because I've been approached by a few Instagram people that are in that world, is I'm not opposed, like I said before, to low and slow competition barbecue, but I didn't make my rubs for those guys. 
You know, I have sure. guys that cook that way and absolutely love it, but I wanted the guy that just worked nine to five, got off on Friday, has a couple hours to sit back, have a beverage of his choice, and make a steak that's really freaking good, that makes him feel good, makes his family feel good. I mean, just because in my experience, I've, I've talked to a lot of guys, and it's, it's not—it's kind of an ego thing when it comes to barbecuing, you know. You know, oh, no yeah. one wants to think. No one wants to think that they can't grill or can't barbecue or make some good, but. I've had a lot of people open up to me, especially selling these barbecues, you know, with the Green Mountain and stuff, and they just tell me they get the stuff, they went out and cooked with it, and their food tastes horrible. They didn't know what they were doing, or they didn't taste yeah. right. So I wanted to hit that. I mean, from a marketing standpoint, it makes sense, too. I want the, you know, the 90%, you know, the guy that cooks burgers and steaks and hot dogs, but I still appreciate the credibility we have that our barbecue rub does really good with low and slow and that we make some new brisket with our steak and bake but i really enjoy the day in day out steaks burgers ribs corn chicken you know i love that kind of staple you know knowing like that i have friends that cook meals for their families with my rubs is probably the number one reason i enjoy doing it you know that's That's like you, you know i love we sell a lot in butcher shops you know they go into the butcher shop they're going to a friend's house. They have people coming over. They want to impress somebody. You know, they don't want to try something crazy that, you know, like a smoky habanero jalapeno, you know, some of these rubs right. come out, yeah. which I'm sure are great, but your first time, you're a little nervous, you know. You don't sure. want to throw that on there and then have some picky people you're serving. So if I can make that nice, simple, great-tasting rub in a big jar that doesn't cost too much, you know, and that you can just go home, cook with confidence, people enjoy it, you know, that would be my quote-unquote business motto, business pitch for it, you know. Right. I want the every I want the everyday guy and gal that loves just grilling up in their backyard. Got it. So with that, what would be, like, a tip for that guy, like, uh, going to the butcher shop, picking up your, your seasonings, uh, any, any tips that you would recommend? Uh, for someone like that that's picking it up. Funny, funniest part is, and to the meat side, you know, honestly, the meat, I look at everything in this world that everyone specializes in something. Everyone's an expert. So when it comes to picking the meat, trust your butcher. You know? Right. Yeah. He'll, 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 he'll tell you what's best and what's going to work best, 100%. Always trust your butcher. I may have certain meats I enjoy. You know, I'm definitely more of a ribeye guy. But I honestly ask him, I say, what's good today? What do you recommend? You know, for me, being more of a quote-unquote love expert because I make them, you know, when it comes to cooking everything, the two main things I see from these guys I talk to that from, you know, some of us like you and me might think are no-brainers, get a thermometer. Get a good meat thermometer. It is so, you know, it's like it's like these, you know, I'm, I feel like I'm pitching for Green Mountain here. I promise I'm not even a full dealer. I just help a buddy sell them. But the reason I bring yeah. them up is they have – an internal probe, right, that you can literally plug into the meat while it's cooking, and it's a no-brainer. You can Google what temp, you know, 135, 145, 165, depending on what meat you're cooking, and if you just follow the temperature guidelines, you take a little bit of time, you season with something that you like or have tried before, you don't go too much. I always recommend when you're doing something the first time, do a little less seasoning. You can always add more. You can always add salt and taste, you know. I've had people that take a post a picture on Instagram, and that thing looks like it was colored with a marker. There was so much barbecue (laughs) rub on it. I mean, it's just insane to me. And then they, when you hear back, well, that was salty. You're like, well, I wonder why. But yeah, no doubt. So, so really, it sounds simple, but I like simple tips. Get a really good meat thermometer, and honestly, it'll take all the worries out of it. I know everyone I talk to. Everyone's either afraid of undercooking their chicken or overcooking their steak. Two biggest complaints I hear, and it's a good meat thermometer. Says you can get a nice digital one that you can watch it as it's cooking. I mean, not not to knock the pro. I use the handheld probes too, but those little digital ones that you can plug them in, you can set them on the side. It just takes the guesswork out. I like you know 135, maybe you know, or I'll pull it at 135 on my steak and after it rests. Which brings us to my next point: rest your meat. You know, yeah, another simple tip. Off. You know, before you, before you cut so it. So many, yeah. 
don't. It's just the way that the muscle fiber relaxes the muscle fibers. It reabsorbs the juices ten times better. I mean, just by that, you know, and it's, there's not really a set number that I go off of how long it rests. You know, I'd probably say five to ten minute range. But just resting your meat, good thermometer, best advice I could give to anybody. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's great advice, too. And that's what I... That's what I always recommend to people, like, just meat, meat pro. You know, a lot of people will, I've heard a lot of barbecue guys say, oh, you can tell by the feel and, and this and that. But for someone who's just starting out, you can't tell by the feel. Um, you're not going to know what that, that feel is like. Um, <laughs> the old, uh, so, the old uh, palm of the hand trick, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, and that's, and that's hard to teach. You know, if you, you can't teach that on on. A hamburger or uh, a brisket or you know a pork shoulder that doesn't work that trick doesn't work you know so I definitely I tell everyone just cook to temperature that's the that's the trick you know when I when I make turkey every year um, of course I'm smoking because I'm a barbecue guy I, I love low and slow and and uh, I do have a grill though so uh, like you said most guys that have and actually I have three uh, pellet smokers so <laughs> um, maybe a little obsessive with the amount of smokers, but also a grill as well. I always smoke my turkey every year, and uh, I cook it to a temperature. And everyone is always like, "Oh man, this is this is the best turkey I've ever had. So juicy! How'd you get it so juicy?" I'm like, "Well, I don't put it in the oven and wait for that little thing to pop, which is by the time that does, it's always dry." Uh, and I cook it to a temperature on the on the smoker, and every year, I mean, that's how you get the consistency, and it works. It works great for me. Um, so yeah, the temperature is 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 definitely. Uh, well, it's like anything else in life. Any other thing in life, for the most part, you fall on certain. You go to job. You know, you're supposed to think. I used to. I was a mechanic when, in my younger days. You know, when you're putting something together, you torque it to the torque spec. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it, you know. So, it's but it's funny. But when we come to cooking, we just start kind of winging things, and we yeah. think we're winging it. We're thinking we're winging it because it actually makes it easier. But in the long run, it actually makes it harder. Yeah, it does. Like, when you just learn to cook the temp, you you come out, you check the temp, you still got another 10, 15 degrees to go. You let it sit until it gets there. You know, you do learn some tricks, you know, and some hot, you start learning your hot spots, your cold spots on your grill, and when yeah. to pull it off, knowing that it will raise in temp when it's resting, and, you know, there's there's more in-depth to it, but to the gist of it, cook to your temp, let it rest, be, don't go super crazy on the spices, you know, nice even coating, and for 80%, 90% of the population out there, you're going to make really good food that way. That's it. And my wife is always trying to cut right into the meat when I pull it off. I'm always going to <laughs> like, nope. no, don't do that. No, please. Let it rest. It's not ready yet. But most of the time, man, she ruins it. She cuts right in. I'm like, I just wait. But, um, and I have to remind well, her, but... Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean good job. I was just gonna say one no, of the most of the time they most of the time they do it is because a lot of people cut in to check to see if it's cooked. But if you just trust the temperature, you would know it was cooked. That's it, yeah. I remember my wife, and, and um, she's great. She's uh, um, she's she has her own health and fitness company, and she's been you know on a health kick for like eight years. So it's not really a health kick, I guess. It's more of a lifestyle. But yeah. Yeah, um, she's kind of past the kick point. Yeah, she's past the kick point, and uh, she's been really successful at it. She lost eighty pounds, and she's managed to keep it all off. But when she first started off cooking. She, she would cook chicken a lot because it's pretty, it's decently healthy, you know. It's not red meat and, and would come out dry all the time. I'm like, man, this is just really dry. Like, why don't you just cook it to the temperature? And she's like, and then I, so I bought her and made sure she had one of those uh, hand probes that you could just put in. And she cooks the temperature every time now. And it comes out great. It comes out delicious. It's juicy. It's, it's good chicken, even in the oven. It's funny how that works. <laughs> yeah. It's great, man. So that's a great tip. And some people, hey, man, my chicken's coming out rubbery. Did you cook it to temperature? I yeah. don't have a what's temp probe. Yeah. Well, there what, you what, go. What, go what, buy a temp what, probe. What's the, what's the temp you cooked it at? Yep. 
I don't know. It's one of those simple things, but it, it needs reiterated. It's it doesn't get used. I go to lots of people's backyard parties, birthdays, and I I hardly ever see them. Or oh, I think I got one of those, and they'll dig it out of the drawer somewhere, and they find like someone they got it, you know, Wally World or something for nine bucks. You know, there there is a quality level to it. Just like in my mechanic days, there's torque wrenches sure. that will actually set it to the right torque, and there's ones you buy for eight dollars that will be off by. You know, 10 pounds. And that, that, that don't click. You know? <laughs> don't yeah, click, but so. the torque you got is probably totally different. <laughs> Might not be the right number, but hey, you know. Yeah. So, but that's yeah. not to say you got to go out and buy the super top of the line. There's a lot of stuff right in that middle land that, you know, is fairly sure. accurate. Doesn't cost too much money and will work. Absolutely. You know, not, not the plug yeah. company, but the, the little, the, the Weber, little digital ones. We sell them at our shop too, but they're they're not they're like eleven bucks. They're not really that expensive compared to some of them, and sure. but it's a little digital read, and I have no problem with that one. You know, what I you know me personally, you know, I like to sometimes use the more like thirty nine fifty nine dollar range just because you get a little sure. more accuracy. But I've used those, and then you get the ones that the chefs use half the time are those basic stainless steel with the manual or analog dial, I should say. Yeah. And, and those work great too. I just don't like how long they take to read the yeah, test. That's the my only the thing I don't like with them, but they are very accurate. So, yeah, and that's the thing. Most of the time, you're holding it over an open flame or a smoker is hot, and you don't want to. Yeah, if you, if you can get a good quick long. read, you know, a good instant read thermometer. But sometimes those cheap instant reads, they may show you the number quick, but it might not be right. Yeah. So and there's and there's, and there's, there's ways to quick. test them too and yeah and you can test them you know I I saw a few YouTube videos of guys that I, I don't know how they, they something to do with uh, they heat up like water and then you can actually test it and verify once it hits the boiling point since you know what the boiling point of water is you can then test right. it and then you can verify your thermometers but there you go that'll work so. too so yeah. cool, man. Uh, any crazy barbecue tips you've heard or. Anything out there? Uh, I mean, I just, I guess that's what I'm, and I guess that's why I bring up the key to simple. It's just like, I, I mean, everything is not crazy, but like, you know, you, everyone talks about what is it, the three, two, one method with ribs. Right. It, it's yep. funny how these kind, these kind of, I almost call them fads. You know, where, you know, you, I'm on a lot of the forums on Facebook. You know, the Facebook groups, um, part of a lot of those pages because they're really helpful. They, they help my, my rubs and stuff like that. And. Sure. Um, you know, and you'll you'll kind of read the things, and it's a lot of the time it's newer people. You know, it's not you're not getting the the seasoned vets. You know, by no means am I one of them, but you're getting the the people that just bought a smoker, they don't know how to use it, and they're coming on. And a lot of the things I see are like the three two one method and these type of things, which there's nothing against that at all. It's just I think at first when they hear it, they think that's the only way I can cook ribs. You know, right. that's the only way it'll work. And I'm just a firm believer of keep things, what I already said earlier, keep it simple. Is just like one other thing. I Apparently I've done a lot of things in my life. <laughs> I used to play the guitar when I was younger. <laughs> you know, right. and and I obviously I was an Eric Clapton fan. I named my daughter Layla. You know, it's kind of some high expectations to set yourself as like a 15, 16-year-old <laughs> kid. So I, I had to kind of learn. While I would love to just go around and fly around the scales and do everything, I actually had to learn the scale first. So right. I, I look at it just like with everything in barbecue. There are some guys out there that have some tips that would probably blow blow me away. I mean, the stuff that some of these guys know. But I guarantee yeah. you they probably started with a burger, and then they That's cooked it. steak really darn well, and then they started cooking That's ribs, it. and then they probably just cooked ribs regularly, and then they learned after they created this base, they learned the scale, so to say. Then they started playing around with it. Just like anything in life, so if you learn the fundamentals, now the game becomes fun. You know the basis. Sure. You know the fundamentals. Now sure. you can start using your creativity, using your inspiration, learning from other people. Saying, just like now, you know, I I love pork chops. My passion, I make it. Well, there's a lady out here where I'm at that makes this really nice apple cider syrup. You know, it tastes like apple pie, super sweet, but. You know, now I know how to cook the pork chops the way I like to. I know how to keep them where they taste good. But, hey, let's mix this up. You know, I take some of that. I mix it a 50-50 with some water because I know it's too sweet. Now I'm basting my pork chops with it 
you know, on top of it. Nice. While I already got my rub on it, you know, and it kind of keeps a little more moisture and has that nice flavor. And then those came out really good. But I feel like people are going, when they first make their pork chop, I want to make the fanciest thing. That thing I saw on Instagram or Pinterest or whatever it may be, right. they don't even know yeah, how to sure. cook a pork chop regularly to begin with. You yeah, know? Just to start, Learn how to point. cook a steak first before you start yeah. making some fancy steak that you reverse seared and did this and that and this too. Yeah. You know? So well, work on you know work on a work on some ribs and a pork shoulder before you go jump in try to do a whole hog. <laughs> okay, well if you guys yeah. know that yeah. go buy this big old expensive piece of meat, you know, mm-hmm. or like even even brisket sometimes where I'm at it's not cheap. You know, no, and then you, you know you just you just burnt a sirloin. You couldn't even cook a sirloin to the right time, but you're going to go after uh, a brisket. Like, yeah, that's crazy. You know, it just and then you get frustrated. And the reason, and I'm not saying this to mock anybody at all. I'm saying my problem with that is then they get frustrated. Then they think that barbecue grilling is not for them, and then I'm losing customers because I want them to be good. It's in my best interest sure. for people to grill more and barbecue more. You know, and Absolutely. I want it to be simpler for them. So everything I say is in by no means, you know, an insult towards anyone. I just want people to slow down, learn the basics, progress, you know, just like any, you know, world champ yeah. barbecue guy. I guarantee you he's cooked a lot and he's practiced a lot. Yeah. You yeah. Know, so it's just like anything. There's no shortcuts. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I had many failures along the way of getting to a point where most people – I get pretty good compliments on my food, and uh, I, I get a lot of people. And I tell I, I say this a lot on this podcast, but I get a lot of people telling me, "Man, this is the best chicken, or this is the best ribs, or this is the best brisket I've ever had." And, and uh, it always blows me away because uh, then I can go to the competitions and get my ass handed to me. Um, <laughs> but uh, I had a lot of That's failures like, along I, I the way. I was a great know. football player in high school. Yeah, <laughs> that doesn't mean yeah. I'm gonna make it in the pros. That's it. It's just baby steps, right? And so there's a lot of failures along the way. A lot of burnt, uh, a lot of burnt ribs. A lot, a lot of burnt, all kinds of stuff, or just overcooked or undercooked. And and uh, no one ever told me to buy ten pro. And I'm not sure. No one ever told you what? I didn't hear that last part. No, no, no one ever told me to buy a tent probe, though. And, uh, <laughs> had they, probably would have saved well, me a lot of money. Jeez, yeah, I, I was looking out for <laughs> you. Jeez, <please. laughs> well, that's good. Well, look at it because it's the hardest thing. The hardest thing in anything I've ever learned in business, barbecue, sports, guitar, is ego. You know. Yeah. Lose the true. ego in anything you do. The only reason I became a somewhat decent mechanic, by no means am I that great, is I had no ego. I just went out and asked other mechanics how to do things, even if I can already right. knew. I was humble. I asked. I said, can you teach me? And it's it's amazing how many people will teach you and be happy. Yeah. I mean, in a way, you're almost playing to their ego, you know, that they're good enough that you're asking them, you know. Sure. Don't have ego in barbecue. Don't have ego in life. Just, you know, just be open. I love, yeah, Try things sure. that kind of vibe, you know. Yeah. I love teaching people, man. And people are always like, oh, I can't cook as good as you. I'm like, hey, man, if you want to learn, come on by. Next time I'm cooking, I'd love to show you. I'll show you everything I know. And because uh, people are like, oh, this is top, part of top secret, how you make it. No, it's not. It really isn't. I'll, uh, I'll show you everything I know. It's, it's a process. I'll show you my process. It's how I do it. If you go to a competition where there's going to be good food, you know, but every pit master there is going to have their own little way and probably have had some success along the way with the method they do. You know, some guys use lighter fluid. Some guys swear it's the devil, you know. Um, but uh, Myron Mixon, one of the one of the top barbecuers in, in the country, uh, uses it all the time. So, um, you know, there's there's probably a hundred different ways to cook and 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 uh, or more. And most people are typically uh, more than willing to share it with you. So that's that's the awesome thing about the barbecue community that that I found. And, and I agree, and it's and that's the problem is it's it's not the amount of people willing to teach you. It's not the amount of people that are willing to ask. And that's yeah. hands down the problem is, 
you know, I don't know if it's because we're men. We're yeah. supposed to that's know God, how to though, cook. Right? Yeah, that's God. You know, you know uh, I don't ask anybody for help. Uh, yeah. But, that's but then you're burning your guys are, you know, <laughs> That's it, you know. You know you're not going to ask for directions. So nowadays you don't really need to because of Google and smartphones. But still, oh no, you're still you're still asking. You just ask somebody that doesn't give you crap for asking. That's it. That's it. So. You can ask you can ask in secret now by just asking your phone when nobody's looking. That's so. right. So cool, man. All right. Well, hey, I appreciate. It. I really appreciate you getting on the phone, and uh, I know you're a busy guy, so I appreciate the time. And. Um, if anyone is looking for you, how how do they find you? Instagram. Yeah, we're we're on we're on social media at Grilling Gods, uh, with just one G. So and we're GrillingGods.com with the two Gs. But I figured I'd make it simple on social media and just do the the one G on Grilling Gods. So G R I L L I N G O D S is where you'll find us on. We're pretty heavy on Instagram. That's probably our favorite. Uh, Facebook. I believe I have a Twitter, but I'll be honest, I don't use it that much. Um, but Instagram is definitely the number one place to find us. You know, check out our website, grillinggods.com. Um, but of course, if you want some, some of our rubs, the best place to get it is probably from your rub club when you carry more of our rubs. So I'll, I'll, I'll plug awesome. in your direction for sure. So uh, thank you, man. I appreciate that. Yeah. We we'll definitely uh, we'll get that stocked up. So, um, what about locally? Any, any, anywhere locally? Oh, yeah. you so, so we're based out of well, we're based out. We live in Liberty Lake, Washington. We're right on the border of North Idaho. We have a store in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Um, we are carried by almost all the yokes in the greater inland northwest area. Um, we're also in a couple Super Ones, and then we have about roughly 50 or so kind of uh, independent mom and pop shops. Um, we, like I said, we love like the. We have a place called Agers Meats that's been carrying our stuff since the beginning. You know, I always like to plug him because he's helped us out a lot. A little place called Sonnenberg's down in Spokane. He sells a lot of our barbecue rubs. So I definitely like to push people towards the, the more local businesses. Um, but that's nothing against the big guys, too. I love my big stores. So it gets our name out there and definitely helps us move a lot of product. Awesome. Sweet, man. All right. Well, again, man, I appreciate, appreciate your time. And thanks for taking the time to chat with us. It's been, been, been fun, man. I appreciate it. You have a good day, man. So, all right, you too. Talk to you later. All right, guys, that wraps up this episode of Behind the Rub with Barbecue Rub Club. Really hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. Be sure to check us out at barbecuerubclub.net. That's bbqrubclub.net. If you haven't already, be sure to sign up for our Barbecue Rub Club subscription box, where we're featuring some of the best up-and-coming rubs on the planet. We have a special coupon code for our listeners, BRC Podcast, all one word. Again, that's BRC Podcast, all one word, for 15% off any purchase. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Until next time, we're out.